Welcome to the Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. Hello, everyone. I have with me today career coach and job search strategist, Caitlin Richards. She is a serial career pivoter, which I love, a former recruiter, and now a career coach and strategist with Crafted Careers. She's also the co-creator of Sweet Spot Careers, which is an online course designed to help unfulfilled professionals to find their career sweet spot and to finally, finally land jobs where they can thrive. She has recruited and coached hundreds of professionals for positions in healthcare, finance, HR, tech, higher ed sales, all of it. Uh, and she's conducted thousands of interviews and probably even more resume reviews. Today, she helps job seekers to navigate huge career transitions by sharing her insider knowledge of what companies are looking for when they are hiring top talent, coupled with practical strategies to make it happen. So Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. So I, we talked really briefly about uh, before the call that I really want to dive into the hidden job market and all of that. But before I do, can you give me, just give us a quick overview of what it is you do, um, aside from the bio that I just read and how you came to be in this role? Yes, great question. Well, yes, the the bio kind of says it all about what I do currently. But in terms of my own professional journey, um, I actually started off in the world of higher education. So I was working with college students as a residence director, which means I was basically overseeing and running the residence halls at several different universities. And one of my favorite parts of doing that job was that I actually got to help oversee the hiring processes for both professional and paraprofessional uh, staff. And so from there, um, I, I kind of naturally pivoted into the world of recruiting, which is where I have spent the majority of my, my career. Um, and uh, yeah, got to do a lot of informal coaching for candidates and for job seekers when it came to their resumes and preparing for interviews and all of that good stuff. Um, and then COVID hit like it did yes. for all of us. In 2020, um, and I actually got furloughed from from that position, which, you know, at the time was was a really scary thing. But ultimately, what that did is it gave me time and space to really reflect on what is it that I want to do? What is the impact that I want to have in my career? And um, ultimately, when you're working as a recruiter, you are actually working for the companies who are doing the hiring. And um, I found in my reflection that my heart was really with job seekers. And what I wanted to do was be able to, you know, just kind of pull back that curtain for them and be able to um, help them understand uh, what it was that companies were actually looking for when it came to hiring top talent and what they needed to, to do in order to be able to really stand out as, as a candidate and to ultimately land the job. I love that. So your, your heart has long been with job seekers. Um, and I think I read, and maybe you shared it in one of your posts, that when COVID hit and you got furloughed, you were expecting your your third child so you know adding craziness to chaos i'm sure 
Unexpected. Well, and I know a lot of job seekers can relate because the events of the last 18 months have just turned everything upside down and many people are in transition as a result. Yes. Yes. Nope. That is spot on. I have found that um, I've been able to relate to, to the job seekers that I work with having just walked that journey myself of, of figuring out, okay, how am I going to make this, this own career pivot happen for me? Um, and my heart is especially with job seeking moms, uh, just yeah. because that adds a whole another layer to it when you are trying to, to job seek and you've got little ones at home that you're also. Absolutely. Yeah. And the last crisis, the 2008, recession is what prompted me to uh, launch this company. So crisis has a way of, of getting us motivated to figure things out, right? It's so true. It lights a fire under us in a, in a very different way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's dive into the hidden job market. It is something that you coach your clients on. Yes. Can you explain what hidden job market means to you mm-hmm. um, and why why do you think it's controversial? Yeah, great question. So for me personally, the hidden job market is really just a term that captures all of the jobs that aren't actually posted on the job boards. Because believe it or not, not all of the jobs are actually there on the job boards, which is the first place where job seekers traditionally think they are supposed to go when it comes time to job searching. And I think that this term is a point of controversy because of the word hidden, quote unquote. Um, I think some people believe that it implies that companies are intentionally trying to hide jobs from job seekers, which could not be further from the truth. Um, The truth is that job boards typically just tend to be one of the last resources that companies utilize when it comes to filling a position. Um, You know, companies tend to start with tapping into their own network and utilizing the networks of their employees that already work there. Um, They tend to ask for referrals. And then when all else fails, that's when they turn to the job boards to try to fill these positions. So, you know, I think it's for this reason that to be intentional and to be effective as a job seeker, we want to plan our job search strategy around this reality. Um, That way we can just make sure that we're strategically positioning ourselves to be that person that's poised and ready when openings do become available at the companies that we're excited about, the companies that we would love to work for. And so we can just ensure that we're putting our time and energy and effort into the types of activities um, that don't just necessarily utilize the job boards, if that makes sense. So, and I, I completely agree. Um, And I would also, I, I also Sometimes I think I personally think of one of the things that should be included in the hidden job market is roles that finally do get posted online. Um, maybe by some of those bigger companies that have the deep pockets to support posting on the, you know, five different markets and indeed. Um, but while they are in the process of creating the posting and going through, you know, going through the publishing process, they are doing those that other work that you've talked about, which is who do I know? Hey guys, who do you know? All of those kinds of conversations. Absolutely. I think you are spot on. Well, and the truth is too, for most companies, 
um, it takes time to get postings even yeah. approved by their HR department. And um, there's all these hoops they have to jump through. So even if, yes, they are um, having that as a part of their strategy for filling the position, you're absolutely spot on. Sometimes that takes so much time that they've already you know, found uh, candidates through these other means by the time the job even gets posted. How long would you say on average it took in your experience for a job to go from the you know, the hiring manager's brain to Indeed or to a job board? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, (laughs) it it would depend on the company that we were working for, the size of the company, kind of what we were just naming, uh, you know, how long it took their uh, HR department to approve the posting. Um, I mean, it could take a couple weeks. That's, that's, the real talk. Um, it really, truly could. And by that point, you know, a couple people have already come forward as potential candidates in other ways. And that doesn't count the time that the H- that the hiring manager has to think about what they need, yes. create, you know, or write something, all of that. Absolutely. Yep. All of that takes time. Um, and, you know, the truth is uh, the other things like, you know, just simply asking, hey, does anyone know of someone that would maybe be a good fit? Uh, those conversations happen very quickly. That's and, right. That's uh, a really good point. Very fast. Yes. Yeah. Job postings take time. Conversations don't. Exactly. Exactly. So. So you speak about, uh, and I've read in your in your uh, blogs and in your posts, you talk about nurturing your existing network. Do you have any advice for helping people to keep their network, you know, quote unquote, warm and really sort of gaining the greatest ROI in terms of how how that network can help you? Yes. So I am a firm believer that we should all be consistently networking and maintaining our existing connections and relationships. Whether we're job searching or not, that should just be something that we're doing on a weekly basis that should be built into our calendar and our schedule. Um, Our already existing network can be such a valuable trove of potential future connections, or even just potential future opportunities. So making sure to to check in semi-regularly with these folks and maintaining those relationships is really, really important um, just for your career in general. So this could be as simple as even just twice a year, you know, having your list of people that you're going to be reaching out to just to check in see how they're doing, ask them if there's anything that they need, if there's ways that you could be a resource for them, um, and just making sure to maintain that connection. Um, really, truly putting that on your calendar, I think can be a really good professional practice to just get in the habit of. That way, once you're ready to job search, it's super easy to reach out um, and just let them know that you're looking to make a change um, and be yeah. able to ask them if they either know of potential openings or if there's anyone that they might be able to connect you with. Yeah. So you're not mortified saying, I'm sorry, I haven't spoken with you in five years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm trying to remember who it is, but I know someone who does a really good job of keeping track of everyone's birthdays because that's Mm -hmm. a perfect time way to check out, check to touch base. Oh, I love that. I think that is absolutely brilliant. Yes. Because that's a very like authentic um, and easy way to just reach out and to maintain that connection. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what about the cold network side of things, though? How you you know you've recommended the job seekers build a cold network, um, yes. you know that expands upon their existing network. 
who do you think should be in it? Um, and how should people, how should people go about finding them? Yeah. So the best way to go about cold networking, in my opinion, is to know what companies and what roles it is that you ultimately want to be targeting. Um, I'm just a firm believer that we have to be really clear on where it is that we're wanting to go um, so that we can create that roadmap to actually get there. So start with clarity is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Start with clarity. Yeah. Just take the time to, to do that inner work, to get clear on, you know, where it is, you know, that you're wanting to head. And, you know, this can be as simple um, as just keeping a running list of companies or roles or job titles that are intriguing to you or that excite you. Because the truth is we, we come across new companies all the time in very uh, various and organic ways. Right. Um, and so I think just having that running list, um, of, of companies, you know, to just be checking in with, to make sure you're following them on LinkedIn, you're kind of staying in the know with what's going on, um, can be a really, a really helpful thing. And then you let this be your guide when it comes to finding who it is that you actually want to reach out to and start cultivating those cold connections. How do you, do you have any advice for helping people turn a cold lead into a warm one? I feel like that's sort of the, one of the trickier parts of this. Yes. Yes. That is a great question. So, um, I absolutely am a big fan of LinkedIn and just harnessing the power of LinkedIn. Um, I think that uh, one trick to doing this is finding people who work at these companies that are actively engaging on LinkedIn themselves. So whether that- actually are producing, and you can check when you're searching under their profiles, you can look at their activity and see if they are using the profile to like posts, comment on posts, et cetera. Spot on. Yes, that activity uh, box on someone's LinkedIn profile can be an absolute, you know, just gold mine. Um, because, and even if they're not posting themselves, if they're commenting, you can go and you can engage with their comments. You can like them, you can comment on their comment, respond to it. Um, and what this does is it makes you a familiar face, a familiar entity to them. So that when you reach out, you send a LinkedIn connection request, um, you're not a stranger, all of a sudden you are someone that has added value to them, who has engaged with them, who has begun the first steps of cultivating a connection and relationship with them. What about if they are pretty radio silent on LinkedIn? Do you have other, you know, I've always gone and said, well, let's see what they're doing on Twitter. Let's see what they're doing on, you know, Instagram, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. What if they are just, you know, their skeletal profiles are pretty, pretty dead. Do you have any other suggestions? Yeah. I mean, I think you just named some great things. I think, you know, we can always do a little bit of sleuth work on anyone to see uh, if there's other places um, online that they are engaging, whether that's Twitter. Um, Maybe they have a podcast. You could go and listen to it, write a review of it. Maybe they have a blog. Um, You know, maybe they have their own website. All of these sorts of things are are other avenues that we can use to engage with someone. Um, In terms of like just on LinkedIn itself, self with creating, you know, those, those cold connections. I always say, start with finding the people that you're already going to have some sort of commonality. Okay. Um, So, um, you can use, uh, you know, the LinkedIn tools to find fellow alumni who are working at your target companies, the companies you're excited about, because you already have that in common Yeah. or 
You can even find people that maybe you've worked at the same company in the past, but maybe you weren't there at the same time, but like you still have that shared bond of having worked for the same company or organization previously. Um, and that's, it's just going to be so much more natural and easier to start that conversation by saying, Hey, fellow, you know, fill in the blank university alum. Um, and uh, yeah, they're already going to experience that common bond then on their right. And it can even be if you lived in the same city, same region, there's yeah. lots of ways to to find to forge that commonality. Um, well, I, I think LinkedIn is the best CRM, best database, that sort of thing. Their filters are amazing. Um, Absolutely. No, such good advice. Uh, so you touched on comments and posts and blogs. And, and one of the things that you've advised job seekers to do is to create content. Yes. Um, can you explain the benefits of creating content um, for job seekers and maybe talk a little bit about the different kinds of content? Absolutely. So, you know, I know there's kind of this saying that like job seeking is all about who you know sometimes. Um, but really, I'm a firm believer it's all about who knows you. And one of the best ways to help people know you is by actually creating content. And by putting yourself out there, um, you're able to gain exposure in terms of who you are as a professional and the value that you have to offer a company or an organization. And at the end of the day, the more exposure we have, the more potential doors uh, that are going to open for us. So, um, you know, I like to say some of the easiest ways to create content, um, you know, can be writing simple LinkedIn posts, writing blog posts, um, sharing these on other forms of social media. You know, you can share it to your Instagram or your Facebook, uh, being active on Twitter, tweeting, um, or creating a personal portfolio even um, just to showcase your work. So, uh, but for some people, I know that feels like a lot, like the idea of posting on LinkedIn uh, feels very scary and intimidating. And so a lot of times I talk with my, my job seekers about, okay, we'll just go on and just start commenting on other people's LinkedIn posts, engage with those posts in a way that adds value that puts your voice out there. And those comments can get just as much exposure as, um, an actual posting to LinkedIn can. It's you, it's you're spot on. Um, and I do know a lot of people that just, it's, it's a huge deal that they're even reading through feeds on LinkedIn. You know, they are really averse to social media, um, or the idea of, of really having their voice be out there, but commenting is a great, great way to test the waters. Um, every summer I actually take six weeks off from creating any sort of content at all that I publish. Um, and I just, I, was, I stick around for the comments and mm. I literally by just commenting, I don't know, 10 times a day, I um, grew my following, which, you know, that was great. But um, I think really valuable to job seekers is I continue to get five to six, uh, what do you call it? Connection requests daily from really quality, from quality connections. Yeah. Well, and you get to, yeah. And that makes so much sense. Cause you get to piggyback then also off of someone else's LinkedIn exposure, if that makes sense. So yeah. um, your reach might not be as big as their reach is on LinkedIn, but by commenting on your post, all, all of a sudden your comment is getting that, that level of exposure that it might not get otherwise. 
Absolutely. And it, it, and it feels less intimidating to me to just think of one or two sentences than having to write several paragraphs, especially for people who just really can't stand writing. So that is so true. Another simple thing to do that I tell my job seekers is if you find a really interesting article, um, just share that, you know, just write like one sentence above it and then share that article. And that's, you know, at least dipping your toes in the water and kind of starting that process of cultivating conversations in the LinkedIn space. Yeah. And there's a couple of, I'm trying to remember the names now of content curation sites that you can subscribe to. And you just put the art, these topics of interest to you. Um, one is, um, is it Scoop It? And the other one is, I think it's called Pocket. Okay. You heard of those? Um, no. So you just get a digest and, um, and you get to, you get to curate, you know, the kinds of things that you're interested in. Um, yes. So you can make sure to follow things related to your industry. And um, it's some of the articles are really, really cool. That's awesome. Okay. Well, that's good for me to know. Another tool for the tool belt. And I will think if, if I have those names wrong, I'll get back to you with the right ones, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're okay. called. <laughs> um, so I love, excuse me, I love your advice that you've given to just, you know, don't be afraid to just go straight to the hiring manager. Um, yes. So a little different than the roundabout way that we've been talking about here. Um, and I know so many people would love, love, love to bypass applying online and, and do go direct and would love to go straight to the hiring manager. What yes. steps can you share to, um, to help people find applicables and reach out um, to really um, not have to wait for the posting and and find out about roles? See, I, yeah. I, I'm not, I am not formulating this question very well, but do you understand what I'm asking? I know what you mean. Yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Honestly, let's talk about why uh, hiring managers even post roles just from their own LinkedIn accounts rather than, you know, making an official LinkedIn job posting. Um, you know, that's part I, of like, I've like been seeing more and more of that. Yes. Well, and that circles back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of our conversation, which is the timeline that it takes to actually get jobs posted. And the truth is hiring managers need people in these roles like tomorrow. Um, you know, the, their ideal hiring time timeline is a very, very quick one, especially right now with what we're seeing in terms of, you know, yeah. just having trouble filling positions. So um, the trend of why hiring managers are doing this is because then they, they don't have to wait for HR to approve a job posting. They are simply posting directly from their own personal LinkedIn and account. it's free. I mean, when it's you can job, yeah, it's free. Okay. <laughs> So especially for small companies, um, you know, there's a financial benefit to this as well. Um, they're not right. having to pay for it. So the best way to do this um, is to search on LinkedIn the word hiring followed by the name of the role you're interested in, which, you know, different roles sometimes have different titles of different companies. So you can kind of try out different variations of this. But like, for example, it could be like hiring recruiter. If I were looking for a recruiter role and then you can filter your search by posts. So this is LinkedIn is just fabulous in how they do this. And then from there, you can filter again by industry. And what you get are posts that actual real life hiring managers have posted directly on their own LinkedIn page. 
And from there, you're able to comment on the post, like the post, directly message the hiring manager. If they're posting this out there, it's because they're wanting to connect with people that are interested in the role. So um, you're, you are very likely to get a response from them if they are actually posting this themselves. Is there ever, will those, will those sorts of posts show up even if the job, if the poster didn't put hashtag hiring at the bottom? Like, will the algorithm sort of pick it up? Oh, because we're searching by the keyword, like hiring recruiter and like that phrase, um, you know, I can't speak necessarily specifically to all the things LinkedIn algorithm because it's a giant mystery to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But but I think it does. I don't think it just has to have the hashtag because we're not searching by hashtag. We are searching by the actual hiring the role. Okay. Okay. And that strategy, not so much the filters with the, you know, being able to search by industry, but that strategy also works on Twitter. Um, where there used to be a lot of job postings, but I'm definitely seeing more now on LinkedIn, which is, I think, super exciting. Oh, super exciting. I think, you know, it's a win-win for everyone involved. That Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so if hiring managers are listening, you should do this. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Free way to post. Yes. Um, so I would love to pivot towards a topic that um, has always existed, but we, we have... It has finally, you know, made the news and lots of discussion in recent, in the past past few years. Um, And that's discrimination when it comes to hiring practices, um, which can, you know, is all the isms, ageisms, racism, sexism, all of it. Um, What are your thoughts on, on the topic? What have you seen and how do you advise job seekers to sort of navigate these waters? Yeah. I mean, the truth is working as a recruiter, I did see this firsthand. Um, it, it is a real thing that is happening. I don't think it's necessarily, um, conscious. I think most of it is very, um, unconscious biases. Um, and I, I'm very encouraged, um, in regards to the conversations that are starting to happen around it. And some of the things that I do think certain companies are putting into place, to, to minimize this as, as much as they can. Um, I know like one of the things that we did when I was working in higher ed and was overseeing hiring was the first time we looked at the resume, actually, we didn't see like the name of the person. Mm -hmm. We just saw the resume. Um, that way there was no like assumptions that got made around someone's name, um, including gender. Um, or race or anything like that. And so, um, you know, I, that was the first time I'd ever encountered that. And I was like, this is brilliant. Um, but the truth is at the end of the day, as a job seeker, we don't have any control over the other end of right, the process. We don't, yeah. We don't. And so what I tell my job seekers is be you, be yourself, you know, <laughs> um, because the other person on the other end, if they have a bias, that bias is just going to be there. Um, yeah. and, at the end of the day, that's probably not the company or organization that you want to be working for if, if that is in place. Um, you know, I know uh, there's been some talk, you know, around, um, I don't know if you've heard of the job seeker tool, a uh, photo feeler. Yeah. But it's a yeah, for our, for our headshots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Where you can put your LinkedIn uh, picture up there and you can essentially receive feedback around how your picture reads professionally. Like, do you read as competent? Do you read as, as friendly, friendly and approachable and all of that? Yeah. Influential, all of these good things. And, um, you know, I know certain people are saying, oh, you know, but that's, you know, uh, just another way of promoting bias. But the truth is a hiring manager will go to your LinkedIn profile. 
you know, they're going to see your picture. If you interview on zoom, like they're going to see you. So there's only so much we can do on our end. You know, I think as the job seeker to, um, yeah, to, to have any control over that. I agree. And you, you're right. You can't hide your age, your ethnicity, your sex, any of those things from what your pictures out there, but you can put the best version of you forward. And to me, the, you know, I think photo feeler gives you one or two free before like free, uh, crowdsourcing before you have to start paying, but it's a great way to try to control what's within your control. Exactly. Exactly. So put your best self forward and then be unabashedly you. That's, that's my I love advice. That. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So second to last question, um, you are at a dinner party and someone comes up to you and tells you that they are going to be looking for a job. Um, what are, you know, top two tools that you think a job seeker or career changer absolutely must have as they embark on this journey? Yeah, great question. So I am a big fan of what I like to call free sources, um, which are the free resources that are available to job seekers, um, which there are so many incredible ones out there. Um, I I had a while where every Friday I was featuring a new free source. Um, but gosh, okay, if I had to only pick two, my number one would probably be Lunch Club, which if you're not familiar with Lunch, Lunch Club, Lunch Club, Lunch Club, mm-hmm. Lunch like breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, it is a networking tool that is free for job seekers. Um, you sign up and basically you answer a series of questions, you know, surrounding, you know, like your professional background and industry and interest and all of, all of this good stuff. And you, uh, you get matched then with someone to have a 45 minute one-on-one, you know, I think the original idea was like, have lunch together. It doesn't necessarily have to be lunch. Um, that you just get to meet someone with, with aligned either interests, someone from your industry. Um, it's a really easy way to do networking, to meet someone new. Um, and you know that they're interested in that conversation too, because they've also signed up. So, so it's oh a win. Gosh. Where has this been my whole life? I had no idea. Oh my gosh. You haven't heard of lunch club. I'm glad no. I can introduce you. Okay. Well, we can include the link for, for your listeners. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I will find that. Okay. So lunch club is number one. I'll give you three if you want. Okay. Okay. Well, along the same lines as lunch club is called, um, shaper S H A P R. And it is like Tinder for networking. It's probably the best way to put it. (gasps) Yeah. You essentially can scroll through people. You can swipe left swipe right depending on like if you want to be matched with someone and then when you're matched you can start to have conversations through the app it's free um also to to sign up i think you get like up to 10 matches a day okay. um, and it's just another way to meet people you know in the industry that are also looking to network and have conversations okay. i have met really cool people um using both of these these free tools so Highly recommend those. Um, okay, gosh, one more. I am also a really big fan of Riveter. R-I-V-E-T-E-R. They are a free interview practice tool. 
I have heard yeah. of that one. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Um, Adriel, who started it, he's great. He's awesome. Um, and he essentially created this in the midst of COVID to give people, you know, safe space to actually practice for upcoming interviews. You can, um, you basically, you sign up, it's free. You can record yourself answering some of the most commonly asked interview questions. Um, you can watch other people asking or answering those same questions. Um, you can filter by industries, by roles. Um, and then, yeah, you get to watch yourself. You can record yourself answering them and then you get to watch it back, which we all know when it comes to interviewing practice really does. Oh my gosh. Those are what tremendous resources. I learn something new every day. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Yes. Um, Okay, so my last favorite question, um, you have your hands full with your business and your littles and all of that. What is next for you in 2022? We are getting now towards the end of 2021. Yes, oh, that's such a great question. Um, so professionally, I guess what's next for me, I actually just recently um, co-launched an online course for job seekers. It's called Sweet Spot. Um, and um, yeah, my, the co-founder, Amber Ayers and I, she is a, a fellow coach. Um, we are just really excited to, to see where this is going to go in the new year and um, to continue, you know, finding ways to, to put this forward for job seekers as a tool. Um, it's essentially, uh, you know, meant to, to give people who have no idea what it is that they want to do. They just know they don't want to keep doing what they're doing now. Um, that, that clarity to ultimately find their sweet spot career and then equip them with all the strategy they need to actually land the job doing it. And so is sweet spot for all levels and all industries, anyone who needs clarity. It is. It really is. So um, my co-founder, Amber, she is a life coach and she does what she calls vocational discernment. And, um, you know, then I do uh, job search strategy. And we kind of found we were naturally referring people to each other because I would have people come to me that were like, I have absolutely no idea what it is that I want to do with my life. And I would say, great, you need to talk to Amber and then let's talk job search strategy. And similarly, she would be working with someone and they'd be like, awesome. Now I know what it is I want to do. How do I get the job? And she's like, great, you need to talk to Caitlin and so we just decided to combine our superpowers and um, it's been a really, really fun journey so far. And we're excited to see where it goes in 2022. Oh my gosh. So, so needed. What a wonderful, wonderful resource. Um, so Caitlin, I have listed, uh, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about Sweet Spot, get career coaching, I've listed your Crafted Careers website as well as your LinkedIn. Are those the two blessed places for people to find you or um, do you recommend are there any other places where you where you're available to be c- contacted? Yes, yes. No, I I hang out on LinkedIn on a daily basis, so that mm-hmm. is probably the best place to find me and interact with me. Um, I am also on Instagram a little bit. I'm on Facebook a little bit, but yeah, find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect and and talk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, I learned something new every day. This was not just this was well beyond my expectations with this. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. It has been such a pleasure to hang out with you today. You've been listening to The Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online skim hiring and decision makers, please visit www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.